This week on Glistening Particle. All of all health conditions are the result of energy blockage. Therefore, if you were to practice something like Qigong um, regularly and correctly and create an energy flow and allow that energy flow to, to clear those blockages, then normal health can be restored. This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. People have asked me how they can help the show, and I'm not going to ask for money. The best thing that you can do to help the show would be to go out to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and a rating. That would help like crazy. It would make me so happy. The other thing would be to share the show through your own social media or email, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or our iHeartRadio or wherever. Go ahead and share it with a friend. I feel so honored to tell these stories, and the more you can help me get the word out, will make me so happy. Thank you. Hi, everyone. In this episode, I'm talking with Matthew Wood from the UK. And like a number of guests on the show, I met Matthew a few years ago on this Facebook-like philosophical site called The Oasis. Matthew and I have actually talked a couple times about being on the show. We even recorded an episode, maybe two. And now this is the one that really is supposed to be aired. So Matthew will share with you kind of how he's shifting careers into something pretty exciting right up my alley if you're into healing. And with that, here's Matthew. Hi, Matthew. Welcome to Glistening Particles. Hi, Jane. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm so glad to have you here again. And I think this is the one we're going to get out, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So for the listeners, um, Matthew was part of my very, very early, early days of practicing doing um, interviews. And that one never went out because I needed to do a lot of work. And then we did one in between. And I don't really know why that one didn't go out. But here we are. And I think it's because the universe wanted this one to go out. (laughs) Third time lucky. (laughs) I know, something like that. Let's just jump in and talk about what is lighting you up right now in your life and what you're working on. Sure, sure. So, um, really, uh, I've been I've been practicing um, an art called qigong, which is sometimes spelled Q I G O N G, or sometimes spelled C H I K U N G. Qigong. It basically means the art of energy. I've been practicing that for ten years, and recently I've been made an instructor. So I, I'm now actually in the process of starting classes where I live on Qigong. And also I've recently qualified to be a a Qigong healer as well. So this whole art is, you know, starting to really come to a 
a really nice point, not just for my own personal development, but actually um, for me to be able to assist others as well. So now this isn't your first career, right? No, no. I, <laughs> I, cur- I currently have a day job. <laughs> okay. And how did you find your way to Qigong? Well, okay. So 10, so ten years ago, um, in fact, probably just a little bit more than 10 years ago, I guess I was going through um, a bit of a difficult period, as, as many of us do. Mm-hmm. And I'd always kind of had it in mind that, you know, I wanted to do a martial art of some kind, but I never really got around to it, never really actually realized that, you know, I was going through this, um, you know, ra- rather awkward period in my life. And one of the outcomes was that as I started going to a gym on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and that gym at a point, um, just about at the right time, started to introduce classes for Tai Chi, that many people have heard heard of. So mm-hmm. Tai Chi is the Chi in Tai Chi is obviously the same Chi as in Qigong. It's it's energy basically means energy. And um, so I started practicing Tai Chi and it was that that was good. What actually happened was that I hadn't really felt the energy in the in the Tai Chi that I was learning. These particular classes were not actually what we might call triple cultivation so they're not they weren't training body energy and mind all at the same time okay Okay. um but what we were doing as part of a warm-up was a thing called qigong and um these were these really felt like sort of flexibility warm-up exercises i you know i didn't really know what they were but what i noticed was that i was feeling energy in my hands and in parts of my body when i was doing these so-called warm-up exercises called qigong um, but not really feeling that energy aspect in the Tai Chi that I was practicing. So I um, looked up, you know, I Googled, you know, uh, and looked on Amazon for some information about Qigong. And I was really lucky enough to find the, um, the book called The Art of Qigong um, by my grandmaster. So I study under a grandmaster called Grandmaster Wong Q Kit, who lives in Malaysia. He's a Chinese Malaysian, but he has a very good command of the English language because he used to be a an English teacher, you know, in a in a former guise, and that was it really. I, I read this book, and I it's called the Art of Qigong, and it, it talked about the breadth of of the art, and talked about things like distant healing. It talked about creating almost like a force field around around the body that could be useful in combat to protect to protect you uh, you know literally a wall of chi a wall of energy uh, it talked about health benefits it talked about spiritual um, cultivation you know for, for enlightenment and it just blew me away and i just thought wow if if even a fraction of this you know is true then yep, that's just going to be absolutely amazing. So I looked to see, you know, could I study with anybody in that school in in the UK where I live? And uh-huh. I found the, the chief instructor in the UK, was, it was listed in the back of the book, contacted them and started to train with the school. But then little did I know that actually our grandmaster was traveling around the world teaching not only Qigong, but also Tai Chi Chuan, which is the martial art um, version of of tai chi which is more just movement so it actually has the combat application and he's also teaching uh, kung fu as well so he came to the uk um you know within about six months of me 
practicing this and and literally since then i've i've been um you know not only practicing with the uk instructors but also i've been over to malaysia a number of times and then every year in the uk for the last 10 years i've gone to a summer camp where our where our grandmaster has has trained us over here in the uk so it's, it's absolutely been an amazing journey and um you know it, the more i get deeper into it the the more it's like you you're looking around the corner and realize there's just a massive road ahead of you <laughs> and that's oh what gosh. it's been like yeah it's been awesome so it's that's a really really good story because what i love about it is you're you were in sort of a hard space a tough space you took a small action and then you got excited about something and you looked at it more and got really excited and went after it and i think when you talk with anybody who's kind of found something that lights them up like that. It's a lot like that. It's that story. It's like we're walking along, everything's kind of gray, and all of a sudden the spark hits and you chase it. Now, um, are you like that all the time about everything? Like when you get really curious about something, you go after it? Or was this really the special thing? Uh, I think a little bit of both. So mm -hmm. um, the things the things that I am really curious about um, that really you know, start to look into and it, and it really excites me. I definitely do put some effort into that. Uh, and at the same time, I have to say that this um, particular art, the art of energy is, is pretty special. Uh, mm. And it's one of those things where I don't know if you've had this experience, Jane, but um, when you're, let's say you kind of, you know, you're having the first experience of it, the first um, immersion in it, or you're having having the first kind of real progressive moment in in doing something. Uh, what it was like for me was it was just like my whole body vibrating, and mm. just telling me in those uncertain terms that this is the real deal. This is um, this is something that you know is going to be with you for a long time. And um, it, yeah, it was just completely undeniable on a sort of physical level, on an energy level, and and on a mental level as well. Um, don't you love when that happens? It's <laughs> like my favorite moment. And and it, it can happen about more than one thing. It can happen about different things. But I think the other thing that I, and this is like, I guess I've done enough of these recordings now with people like yourself who have like really gone after something they love, that there is a theme. So that first part happened. But then the second part is once you chose, all these things showed up, mm, right? Yeah. Like all of a sudden the grandmaster is in the UK, Right. Yep, and exactly. like the guy in the book is in the UK and like all those things just start showing up to make it to make you go further. I love how that works. I mean, if people get anything out of this episode, I hope it's that when you feel that like body tingling experience, do something about it right away. It's amazing. And it's happened you know, it's happened throughout my life in a number of ways. And this particular experience, I would say, is probably up there is probably one of the one of the top and most undeniable, I would say. So far, right? So far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Things are unfolding in a in a very nice way at the moment. So what are you so you did the training, you did the practices, you went to Malaysia, um, and you've you're now where are you at now? What are you doing next with this practice? Well, um, obviously I've got my own my own personal practice, which consists of actually not a massive um, amount of, of investment in time because these, this particular art, this art, art of energy is, it's quite high level, you know, it's working at, um, 
you know, it's not just body, but it's also energy and mind level as well. So it's, um, I've got my own practice in the morning and in the evening, which perhaps about 15 minutes each, you know, maybe even a little bit less sometimes. Um, and now I'm just, set, I'm setting up, I'm setting up as an instructor. So I've been appointed um, by my grandmaster to be an instructor of Qigong, which I'm going to be mm. doing here in the UK, certainly uh, initially. And um, as an adjunct to that also, um, I'm now also qualified to use Qigong for, for healing. So I'm a, a kind of qualified Qigong healer now. As it happens, I'm also a, a Reiki master, which is another energy healing system, mm-hmm. which, I, which I was qualified in prior to that. But um, you know, I'm very, I'm very excited about being able to um, use Qigong with uh, with patients, with clients, um, to be able to actually help them, you know, overcome uh, disease, uh, illness, health conditions, and so forth. So tell me this: when you do your 15 minute practice, what does that entail? Because like we all know what Zumba is and we all know what, um, you know, uh, rowing machines are, but this is something new for a lot of people. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so the, the practice of Qigong itself, um, you could describe it as a set of, of patterns or movements which are coordinated with the breathing. And all the while, this is in a, in a heightened uh, state of awareness, a heightened state of mind. And that combination of the breath, the heightened state of mind and the pattern together create an energy flow. So mm-hmm. look, I, I said that chi is energy. Um, you know, you, you, hear about, um, you hear about it in a number of different systems, but the premise is that we, uh, as you know, as physical beings, we've got energy running through us all all the time. Now, in the Indian system, there's the chakra system. Um, in in traditional Chinese medicine, it's a slightly different um, paradigm, but uh, it's kind of very similar, albeit slightly different. So, in the Chinese system, we have the concept of meridians, which are energy channels that run throughout our body. Mm-hmm. We get, we've got energy running through us all the time anyway. If we didn't have any energy running through us, literally we'd be dead. All so, right. th- but um, we're not talking about just sort of maintaining that energy. What we're actually talking about is we're, we're performing Qigong, which I'll, which I'll explain literally the practice in a moment. Um, but we're doing that to create more energy in, the, in our being. And what does that do? So illness and disease and health conditions whether it's physical emotional or mental or even spiritual they're they're created through energy blockages so in traditional chinese medicine um, they actually have the concept that there's only one illness and that is an imbalance of energy Mm -hmm. so you know as we go about our daily lives this the the energy flowing through our systems can get impacted we can get blockages when the blockages of energy start to occur and build up this can create um, different distributions of energy in our body where maybe certain parts of our body don't get enough energy maybe other parts of our body get too much energy Um, and and essentially this you know this erratic blocked flow of energy creates all these health conditions Mm -hmm. so what we want to do um and through qigong is to generate more energy so that that additional energy that we create pushes through and clears these blockages 
Now, the amazing thing about Qigong is that we don't need to know where the blockages occur. So if you think about other energy systems that are based on the Chinese medicine principle, you've got things like acupuncture, acupressure. Um, you've also, um, I think it's more Japanese as things like shiatsu, where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you take acupuncture, for example, you know, the practitioner, so you're working with a practitioner, um, if you've got, if you've got a problem, they need to diagnose, you know, where, where are the energy challenges you know where where are things blocked where do things need to be stimulated and then they'll put needles in to actually stimulate that energy flow which then helps to overcome the blockages and you know restore health with qigong Mm -hmm. there is no practitioner you are the practitioner so it's something that you do you know for yourself you you are the one doing the pattern you are the one creating the energy flow and with that energy flow you then once, once the energy is flowing, you just get out of the way and let, let it clear the blockages. And the chi is intelligent. It knows exactly where the energy should flow for your best benefit. So it may well be that somebody's practicing this because, um, let's say, they've got asthma, as an example. So they want, okay. to, overcome, they want to overcome their asthma. So you know, qigong um, practiced properly will absolutely overcome things like you know asthma you know relatively straightforward but if the person had a heart problem let's say then actually that's a more serious condition than asthma Mm -hmm. so on the surface of it the the person practicing qigong might not actually realize that actually the the qi flow is is helping them to overcome their heart problem and then once that more serious problems overcome then it will work on thing you know the other things that you want to work on like asthma but the point is you know you don't need to know uh you don't need to you don't need to direct the energy there's all you you know the responsibility of the student um the practitioner is simply to practice the qigong and create an energy flow which then clears all these all these things so based on what you're saying and based on the fact that these techniques can be learned and probably practiced by many ages, right? Like children all the way up to elderly, it sounds like potentially. Yes. Um, is it, is it, if I were to really like take this to the best possible solution, if we taught children from, you know, as at the youngest age possible, how to do this, is there a, and they, and then they did it right every day. Is there the idea that we could eliminate disease? Well, that's a, that's a really, <laughs> that's a really great question. That's a really great question. Um, so I think the, the way to answer this would be that in principle, yes, the answer mm-hmm. would be yes. In, in practice, there may be situations where, um, for example, it may be too late. It may have got to such a, a point that even working with a Qigong healer, um, where the Qigong healer could actually be the one you know generating some energy for the client right it's almost like a tipping point so there could mm-hmm. be that situation but the the principle is is actually quite straightforward the, the all illness all disease all health conditions whether they're physical emotional mental or spiritual and sp- spiritual mm-hmm. might be something like depression for example right um, all of all health conditions are the result of energy blockage therefore if you were to practice something like qigong um, regularly and correctly and mm-hmm. create an energy flow and allow that energy flow to to clear those blockages then 
normal health can be restored. That's absolutely right. that's absolutely the principle. That's absolutely the premise. And actually, it's also the experience of um, both practitioners and also um, qigong healers alike. Um, certain, certainly, in our school, there's innumerable um, examples of people overcoming things that that perhaps in the West we might think, well, then they're, they're not. You can't really overcome them. But actually, right. there are examples of of that actually being the case. This would yeah. be one of those things that how would instead of investing so much money in another drug, we invested a lot more money in or that money in um, teaching this practice to people. Start with the people that are sick. Start there if we need to, just so that we can get some, you know, some gains and then start making that part of what we do every day. Just like I've seen stories now where they're implementing meditation at schools. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking like, how phenomenal is that? How phenomenal to have kids have a chance to relax during the day and clear their minds. And it, it's reducing um, misbehaving. It's reducing violence. It's increasing um, attention and all those things for the kids in the school. So this is another one of those things that's been here with us for so long. But for some reason, especially in the West, we just turn a blind eye to it. I believe in it. I know I've known you for what, five years maybe. And I saw you on video the other day and I could see it. I could see who you've become through this practice. I could see the change in your energy level. You also did the healing work on me where you helped generate chi and me from from across the globe, right? From where you are in the UK and where I am in the United States. And you moved, yeah. had me move a few different ways and I could feel it. Like it was real. No, no, it's like, I, <laughs> I completely agree with you, Jane. I, I mean, there's so many... There's so many potential practices, um, both, you know, mindset work, energy practices. You mentioned meditation. Of course, that's an energy practice in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Qigong, uh, all of these things. um, Absolutely, there there is a a need crying out for it, not just in America. I mean, all around the world. Mm -hmm. Um, some, Some places there are. You know, I think in parts of China, for example, I think people do do practice qigong. Um, there's de- yeah, there's definitely a, a case for it. And actually, I think on my own journey, if I sort of start to project, you know, where do I want to be in five years, ten years? Um, I'd really love to be able to be sharing this with with you know kids because mm-hmm. that's where you're going to have the biggest the biggest impact. The only requirement would be um, you know that they're you know they're able to follow in- instruction. And mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, that it might be more challenging with, say, a, you know, five-year-old. It depends how mature they are, of course. But, you know, when you mm-hmm. start to get to sort of seven, eight, nine, th- there's no reason why kids can't um, can't participate. And it, and it would have such a great benefit. And the thing is, like, when you did the work with me, I could feel it. It wasn't like, oh, now the energy's flowing, Jane. Just put, you know, just trust me. It was like, no, I can feel that. Yeah. And so um, I think once kids would feel that, you know, at that seven or eight age, they would realize the value of it and then they would want more. Uh, absolutely. And to be honest, they, they're much more in tune anyway. Um, right, right. They put so many layers on us as we grow older, um, but they're much more they're much more in tune with, with the energy anyway. So, yeah, and I know, for example, there's um, a colleague of mine in our school who has been doing, started to do some work with, with some school kids and... Uh, it's great that the, the, the teachers were really impressed and, and they had a little session themselves. So they got an experience of what Qigong was like. Mm. And they just thought, this is great. So it happens to be in his, ki- in his kids' school. And oh, nice. um, it's, it's, it's very good, very good. 
So I think where I dropped off on the conversation now we need to get back to is you were going to describe what your practice is like in the sure. morning. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, you know, essentially we, we stand, we stand upright and, and, re- and we relax. So it's very important. So that aligns our, our crown chakra, our heart center and, um, you know, our root chakra. So, you know, we're in a nice upright and aligned manner. We, we relax, we relax our body physically, we relax emotionally, we relax mentally, and then we relax spiritually. And one of the best ways to, to relax spiritually is to smile from the heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's different for everybody, but actually, you, you know, you don't think about how you do it. You just, you just smile from the heart. That really, it's expansive. It opens, opens you up. And from that point, you're in what we call a Qigong state of mind. So the Qigong state of mind is the... That sounds sounds like a song, the Qigong state of mind. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, before you continue, I want everyone listening to just take take two seconds and try to smile from your heart. Because as you were doing that, I was saying that I was trying to do it. And you're right. It just fills you with... Don't don't try and do it. No, I mean, just do it. But it fills you with... You can feel it. The beauty overflowing. You could just ask the listeners, you know, just, just for a moment, just allow yourself just to smile from the heart, mm. really smile from the heart and mm. just allow, allow that to be. It is lovely. It is. It is. Let's just do that for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things about something like Qigong and actually a lot, lots of different practices, but, you know, just, just that alone, you know, if, people are so stressed these days. People are so active you know a lot of people don't have much down downtime so you know i haven't even we haven't really even started the practice yet but what i've described is getting into a place where you're standing upright and relaxed physically emotionally mentally and spiritually and then you're just accessing this beautiful state and that alone if you were to do that every day you know is absolutely amazing i mean you'll you'll really transform if you do that every day even if you just do that and, and just stand there for you know a couple of minutes if you can imagine standing um standing upright um your feet should be you know, parallel so, so not like a duck they need to be they need to be parallel and about a fist width apart so if you were to put your fist down between your feet that's approximately the right sort of distance that your feet should be apart. And, you know, you, you stand upright. And, and what I did with you, Jane, was I, I invited you to rock from side to side, left to right, to find, you know, where is the middle point that, that your weight is, is going down through your feet. And then also I invited you to rock forwards and backwards. So by doing that, you end up finding, you know, where is that center point so that the, you know, the full weight of your body is, going down through the center of your feet and you know rocking is just is quite a useful way to identify where that is once you've got that point i then just literally um talked you through relaxing different parts of, of your body and you can start at the top of your head you can start at down at your feet but um so if we were to do it now and we were starting down at the feet i'd invite you to relax your knees because quite often people will lock their knees and when when your knees are locked, it, it stops energy flow. It, it hinders energy flow. I mean, it doesn't stop it completely, but it certainly hinders it. And what we want to do is we want to be in a position where energy is flowing easily and efficiently 
and uh, flowingly. So, so we'd invite you to, to relax your knees, then moving up, relax your thighs, relax your hips, relax, relax your, your pelvic floor, um, relax your stomach. That's a really big one. So we, we <laughs> do, well, not the stomach, but hey, <laughs> we, do, <laughs> we do store a lot of tension in our stomach. So for the purposes of the practice, you know, we, we'd say this to anybody in class that actually you just just relax your stomach and it doesn't matter if your stomach sticks out, nobody's looking. You can just <laughs> relax, relax your buttocks, relax your lower back, um, moving up, relaxing your chest and your shoulders. So the shoulders is another area where we hold a heck of a lot of tension. So we'd invite the student to, to relax the shoulders and then relax the upper arms and lower arms. And you know, at any point, if we if we feel like there's still some tension, we can just give a little bit of attention to that area. Let's say my left shoulder is is not quite relaxed. I'll just kind of address my left shoulder and just say, relax, 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 and then allow it to, to be so. So we then, um, as we relax our arms, we just slightly unfurl our hands. So quite often we we hold our hands in a as if we're gripping something so we would just allow our, our hands to slightly point down towards the floor and if we were to um, line our middle finger up our middle finger would be roughly in the middle of our thighs so you can imagine your hands are down by your sides middle finger roughly in line with the middle of your thigh and and you're upright so then we moved up into the, to the neck, relaxing the neck, relaxing the face. Now, the jaw is an area where we also keep a lot of tension. So we start with the mouth slightly open. One of the reasons why we do this is because it, it relaxes the jaw and relaxes all the muscles there. Um, in fact, probably a better way to, to invite somebody to, to be more relaxed is to just allow the jaw to be slightly open. There's a subtle semantic difference between that and open the mouth. You know, so mm-hmm. just allow the mouth to be open. Mm-hmm. Um, we would relax. Sorry, the second the second reason um, why we open the, the mouth is because when we come to the breathing, we breathe in through our nose and out through our mouth. So by having the mouth already open, it's, there's nothing else to do. Okay. So we'd, we'd relax our face. It's, we can relax our cheeks, all the muscles around our eyes, relax our foreheads, and even relax our scalp. So at this point, um, and maybe this has taken sort of 30 seconds or a minute, mm-hmm. perhaps a little bit more for, for a beginner um, and probably less for a, a more experienced advanced student. So we, we're, we're starting off, we're physically relaxed and we're in this mm-hmm. uh, lovely, upright and relaxed state. We then relax emotionally. So the way to relax emotionally is to just really not get involved in any of the motions. Emotions are, you know, they're, they're coming up all the time. You know, we, we may be feeling the emotions, but you know, the difference is, do we really need to get involved in the emotions? Mm-hmm. Now, the answer is no. So for the purposes of the practice, you know, we may notice emotions. Emotions may be there. The difference is we just, we let them go. We don't, we don't get involved in them. Um, we just... We don't, we don't cling on to the emotions. So that's a, that's a good way of relaxing emotionally. And the same thing with uh, relaxing mentally. So when we're relaxing mentally, you know, there's lots and lots of thoughts that are going around in our head pretty much most of the time. And really they're thoughts that are just thinking themselves. So we don't have to get involved in them. You know, if, if we happen to notice that they're there, that's fine. But 
you know, we can just notice them and just let, let them go a little bit like in meditation. So that's mm -hmm. relaxing mentally. And then, as I mentioned, the best way to relax spiritually is to really, really smile from the heart. Mm -hmm. However that, you know, however, however you do that. So that at this point, we're in a Qigong state of mind. So we're ready to actually continue with the practice. But that's the first the first step, if you like. So the second step is we'd perform some kind of a pattern. Now, there's a whole bunch of different patterns. All of them will have a holistic benefit, which means mm -hmm. that they'll all create an energy flow and the energy flow will be beneficial in order to um, provide the benefits of Qigong, which include getting over um, illness and disease, building more health and vitality, um, building more um, longevity as you build more energy, it actually creates reserves in your body. So it, you'll end up you know, living to a long life, but actually in a very healthy way. It will create, um, you know, a, a more of an expansion of the mind and, and a mental clarity that will enable you to perform better at work, perform better with, you know, with, with your family, just whatever you're doing, really, you'll actually just be better at it. Mm. And, you know, they're also kind of spiritual um, aspects. So for instance, if you, if you have a, a faith, it'll bring, you know, your faith to life even more. If, if you haven't, you know, you, even if you're an atheist, um, it, you, you will just find that you'll just be more comfortable, you know, in nature. Mm -hmm. So um, all of these, all of these benefits can be delivered through whatever pattern you choose because they all create energy flow and the energy flow helps to clear the blockages and the blockages result in all of those benefits. But some of the patterns would be more thematic. Therefore, they'd create energy flows in a certain way that would perhaps be more expedient if somebody had a particular problem. Okay. So, you know, as an example, if, um, if someone was, you know, very, very frightened and, um, you know, experienced a lot of fear in their life, which was perhaps compromising their, um, their lives, mm -hmm. then we might do a, a pattern which would actually work on the, on the kidney, on the kidney energy, where okay. that would actually um, help to overcome, overcome that fear. You know, equally, uh, other negative emotions like you know anxiety and worry is stored in the stomach, anger stored in the liver. So so there could be you know particular patterns that you would choose in order to achieve a particular outcome, perhaps more expediently. So when you do your practice every day, do you choose them based on a specific thing, or do you have sort of a routine you typically do? Typically, um, <sighs> when I'm when I'm uh, you know, I mean, the repertoire of Qigong exercises is massive. Mm -hmm. And as well as, as well as simply the variety of different patterns, there are different ways that you can actually perform the Qigong depending on, you know, your skill level, um, your experience. So, um, you know, all of the patterns can be performed at a, a physical level, mm -hmm. which we would call the form level. Um, and really there's three levels, there's form, energy, and mind. So when you, when you're practicing these patterns at an energy level or at a mind level, these are progressively higher levels. So, um, you know, initially when I first started, I would have probably been practicing, you know, more at the, the form level, at the physical level, but actually now I'm, 
you know, I'm practicing at a, you know, much higher level now. So it's energy level, mind level, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, however, as I mentioned, the patterns create some positive benefits and, and overcome blockages in your being, regardless of what the pattern is. Okay. So sorry, to answer your question, I tend, if I'm learning something new, I will practice it to help to embed that knowledge. Okay. But then, but then once I've, um, once I've embedded that, I, I may, I'll be looking at, you know, what are my personal aims and objectives and what are the exercises and patterns um, that I can use in order to achieve that. So for instance, if I wanted to build, if I felt like I wanted to build a lot more energy, so I've just, you know, got energy in, in bucket loads to be able to live uh, the life I want and have enough energy to do all the things I want and, and, and not feel tired, mm-hmm. then I might choose to do some stuff that's more building energy. And, you know, absolutely this year I've, I've been doing quite a bit that's been building, building mm-hmm. a lot of energy, but e- equally, um, uh, I'd say a couple of years ago, um, we were learning around how we could send chi. So this is actually where we do perhaps have an element of of direction, if you like, mm-hmm. where we send chi to different organs for different reasons, for different reasons, and actually massage internal organs with with chi. Wow. So again, that 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 was a you know a whole chunk of training where I was focusing on that more. So. Mm-hmm. It varies. And sometimes, you know, I, I will just rock up at my training and I'll just have this idea that there's a certain practice that I need to do. Um, so it'll pop into my head. So I'll just do that. So we do the pattern, whatever the pattern is, as I say, it could be anything. But um, and that will create an energy flow. So when the energy is flowing, we just get out of the way. We just just let go and allow the chi to to do its thing. So it, it might be that we move that we we sway there's this um expression called flowing breeze swaying willows where um you know the body just starts to move naturally spontaneously of its own accord um there could be some emotional clearing there could be um you know perhaps a more vigorous movement where you know the body just wants to move in a certain way and you just let, let it go um get out of the way and and allow the chi to flow after say you know, five, five or 10 minutes of, of the chi flow, we would then come to stillness. So this is where we go back to our standing position and we enter Zen. So we enter stillness. So essentially it's a, a period of standing meditation that helps to consolidate all the changes that have, that have taken place during the chi flow. And then at, at the end, we just do a facial massage and a, we massage some of our energy points and walk around briskly. So, so that's the, that's the, the full, full practice. It's preparation, entering a Qigong state of mind, performing the pattern and having an energy flow. And then thirdly, entering a, a standing meditation, a standing Zen. And then if you don't do that, how different is it for you for your day? I actually can't answer that question because it's never happened. So since I, <laughs> since I, start, <laughs> since I started this 10 years ago, I literally haven't haven't missed a day of practice are you serious um, way to go no, that's no, amazing yeah. it, it's just it's become one of those things that it's just part of me it just it's so automatic now i i can say that sometimes I, I, to, to try and answer that question there have been times where perhaps you know i've woken up late because the alarm hasn't gone off or something and i've ended up having to have a, a much shorter practice so maybe i've only done like a couple of minutes mm-hmm. you know and i perhaps have noticed the difference 
but actually the benefit that I received from practicing Qigong, even from the very beginning, you know, the mm-hmm. first couple of weeks, even when I was practicing it out of a book and, mm-hmm. and I hadn't actually seen a, an instructor, mm-hmm. I could I could just feel that difference. I, I felt like I had more energy. I felt like I was more mm-hmm. relaxed. I felt like um, the stresses of the day were something that almost you know didn't need to be managed they just weren't even affecting me in the same way um and just those benefits just snowballed and snowballed so um i I actually can't imagine not not practicing to be honest so so the poster child of qigong that you are um does everybody around you want to do it um (laughs) (laughs) you know that's a that's a that's a funny one um and i I think i think the, the answer is um no i would okay. say a lot of people a lot of people ask me you know what do i do um but if i just take my family for example um you know they're they're not interested i you know that they're, they're they're quite they're quite acclimatized to the fact that i i have a practice which i which i do in the morning and the evening mm-hmm. typically you know i'll be doing it sort of as soon as i get up be quite early morning so you know that they're, they're not really even affected um mm-hmm. and in the evening it's i normally do it to the last thing at night but you know sometimes if, if schedules change or whatever then um you know if i'm on holiday then i'll be doing my practice on the balcony or mm-hmm. um you know, maybe in, in another part of the hotel room or the, you know or the apartment etc it, and it's really interesting i think um a lot of people are interested in in it in principle mm-hmm. but the, i think unlike going to a gym you know, twice or three times a week or something. It's a practice that really works best if you just do a bit every day. Mm-hmm. So if, if you use a kind of analogy of um, a, ke- a kettle that you put on the stove um, and you want to boil the kettle, you know, if you if you put it on, you know, for a few seconds, the equivalent to, you know, uh, you're going to the gym, mm-hmm. you then take it off the boil um, and then you put it back on the boil again, you know, it's going to the gym again take it off the boil what you'll find is the kettle never boils Mm -hmm. whereas if you actually are consistently um doing this practice every day um it it basically works Mm -hmm. and builds up and it's like you know boiling the kettle Um, but it's actually it's much much better than boiling the kettle because it's not just boiling the kettle there's just so many Mm -hmm. other benefits um around your whole life you know what's amazing Mm -hmm. is that as I mentioned earlier on, you know, any kind of illness is really just the result of energy blockage. Therefore, if you can practice something like, if you can practice Qigong correctly and mm-hmm. regularly, that will actually clear the blockages and that it will then ultimately restore health. Uh, and good health you know, is actually our birthright. You know, mm-hmm. we, we deserve to have good health and actually being unhealthy is, it's kind of like a Western disease, really. Um, because we we stress ourselves out we're we're so active all the time um there's this kind of concept of just taking a pill for every ill it's like we're not really taking responsibility for our own own health whereas all it takes is to actually take that responsibility uh, and actually commit to something like a qigong practice and um you know not only do you get great health you get resistance to to stress Mm -hmm. you get health and vitality lots of lots of energy lots of um vitality longevity and all these other benefits 
So I feel like my um, theme of the day for me is stating the obvious. <laughs> so I'm going to do that again. Um, okay. It seems to me like having Qigong practitioners or healers in hospitals to go and do that kind of therapy on people, go room to room and do that to help them um, get their energy moving would be a really great addition to what's going on in hospitals today and potentially even reduce the need for hospitals or that, you know, that amount of hospital care. Mm, yeah. Do you think that's, I, uh, uh, does that, that's how I'm adding this up. I, I, I think that absolutely, um, I'm adding it up the same way. Mm -hmm. And I think in, in relation to the question about, um, you know, are lots and lots of people doing it? I think it's the same thing. Um, you know, one can know about these things mm -hmm. and one can hear about these things. And sometimes they sound too miraculous and people have this skepticism that oh, if it sounds too good to be true it's probably not true right but they but they don't actually bother to find out by actually practicing themselves and seeing what the benefits are to themselves right so i mean uh even buddha said um you know don't take his words um as as the truth you know find out for yourself so um that's that's really, I think, anyone who gets exposed to something that's life-changing like this, it doesn't have to be Qigong, but it could be anything that mm -hmm. potentially could enhance one's life. And if they don't actually take the initiative to go and find out about it, practice it, try it a little bit, see what how it results for them, then unfortunately they're, they're missing out. And I think, um, uh, one the sort of the healthcare system mm -hmm. is is really just focused on on managing conditions and on you know giving people pills and so on there's i think there's a there's quite a political um aspect to, to this there's mm -hmm. a the pharmaceutical industry is also obviously very powerful and has a lot of influence and um you know one could think well what if lots of holistic therapies started to help people remain healthy where would that leave the pharmaceutical industry? So perhaps, perhaps there are some vested interests in, you know, in, in not not supporting these kinds of initiatives. But but no, I totally agree with you that right. um, if we were to get to a point where these kinds of holistic therapies and and I would have to say qigong in particular were were, were taught in in hospitals and taught in schools and so on, it would have a amazing impact. I have an idea for all of the pharmaceutical companies of what they can do if we solve all this healing stuff. They can reinvest their money in all of the like vacationing and transportation things that we'll need to live our lives more fully. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> there's yeah. always there's always a market for something. Why don't we end up instead of wasting like investing all the money in being sick, let's invest all the money in being well and do things and have opportunities and um, services and products that um, that people who are really well want to take advantage of, right? Sounds good to me. I should totally rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'd vote for you, Jane. Okay, I'm teasing. You do not want me ruling the world, but I would, wouldn't mind being an advisor to the ruler of the world. That would be fun. Okay. <laughs> said here first on this podcast <laughs> i would like to be the advisor to the ruler of the world all right um so how about, are we ready to transition into random questions you feel like we've touched everything like? yeah, to, okay cool. all right so let's go into random fact number one okay um in the early 1990s 
I was, I am, I'm still an avid music fan, but I was uh, um, a DJ uh, and I used to DJ at various um, clubs and um, venues and events in the UK alongside some, some very big names. Um, oh, really? Who, who are now still big names and, you know, on, on the radio and big, big in the club scene, particularly uh, around drum and bass. I don't know if you have that quite as much over in the States as it's very popular over here. I know, you, I know there definitely is drum and bass and over in the US, but. Um, what is drum and bass? It's a, it's a quite a high speed um, music. It's electronic dance music. Okay. Gotcha. But, uh, okay. It, it's, it's built out of what they call break beats. Okay. So, you know, old kind of rare groove um, and old funk records. So it's, it's a syncopated rhythm uh, and it's typically, it's kind of in the sort of 170 beats a minute and there's really, really heavy bass lines, okay. which, uh, which uh, sound fantastic in a club and just vibrate your chest as you're, as you're dancing. <laughs> and dancing. Okay. So I have to, we have to elaborate on this. You have to name at least one of the big names that you played alongside or played before. Sure, sure. Well, if um, as I said, I don't know how popular they are over in the, over in the US, but um, people like Fabio and Groove Rider, LTJ Bookham, Ray Keith, um, on the more uh, on on other bills where there's perhaps more housey house music. People, there's people like Sasha and John Digweed. Um, so I played alongside folks like that i so, really want to say i know them but apparently i missed that whole genre of music that's, that's okay, Jane. i'm sure the listeners you. will know yeah some of them will i'm sure <laughs> and what did you play drum and bass drum, drum and bass oh. and also and, and also an, a kind of a, a mutation of drum and bass called jungle where there was a lot of sort of reggae type um rapping over oh. the over the top of the, the beats and is there video to go with this no, no, uh, I've got some tape. I've got some tapes, but because um, we we had cassette tapes back then, you know, it was that uh, long ago. So, <laughs> and any photographs, any photographs of this moment in time, because that might be yeah, photo- just as good. Some flyers, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'll have to include that when you send photos to me for the show. Really, really, well, <laughs> I will, I'll take them if you'll send them. Um, okay, second fact. <laughs> Okay. Um, in the early eight, sorry, in the mid to late eighties, I was doing a lot of cycling um, on my push bike, not not motorcycle, and um, I co-founded a racing club called the Mid Oxen Cycle Racing Team, which was based in Oxfordshire. And um, in nineteen eighty seven, uh, a bunch of us went over to see the Tour de France. Tour de France is currently happening right now. That's in true. France. Yeah, and it, in 1987, Stephen Roach won the tour, oh. and he's an Irish guy. Um, he'd also won the Tour of Spain and the World Championships all in the same year. And my friends and I had a lovely holiday where we'd 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 drive to a venue um, which is ahead of the tour. We'd cycle up some mountains and uh, stop at the top of the mountain, and we would see the whole tour caravan because there's a lot of publicity that goes forward before the race mm-hmm. we we then cycle back down the mountain get in the car drive to the next place for the next day's um, <laughs> cycling and it, it was amazing so i i've cycled up um some of the alps like alp d'huez the col de glibier um uh, Mont, another one called mont ventoux these are quite famous um alps over in, in france and it was just 
it was just an amazing, amazing experience. Actually cycling up a hill for sort of 25 miles is something I'd never experienced before. And you call it ama- uh, amazing? Is that the word you use? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, we it was amazing two different people. <laughs> because we were, in, we, were in the, we were in the mountains, you know, and going up these mountains, even as a, as a tourist, people camp out the night before. Um, they've got caravans pretty much all the way up the mountain. And, you know, they'll, people will be encouraging you from the roadside going, allez, 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 which means kind of go, go, go uh-huh. in, in French. And, uh, you know, even just as a, just as a tourist, just going up, you know, rather slowly compared to the racing. Okay. Random fact number three, now you need to tap those two. So go for it. <laughs> I've obviously done this in the wrong order then, but <laughs> ran, random, random fact number three, I really love a good pantomime. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> a good pantomime. Like a mime? A pantomime. Oh, do you know Do you know what a pantomime is? Apparently I do not. Which ah, is really okay. embarrassing because I don't have time to Google it. Okay, go tell me. No, maybe, maybe it's an English thing then. I, I, I don't know. Okay, so we have, um, <laughs> you know, typically around about Christmas, uh, we have uh, basically these pantomimes happen all around the country. They're basically a bit of fun. They're normally based around some kind of a fairy tale like Dick, uh, Dick Whittington, Jack and the Beanstalk, Cinderella, something like that. Right. There's there's always the leading lady, like Cinderella, for instance. Okay. There's normally a um, a character who is the assistant to the leading lady, and that might be called Buttons, for instance. Okay. <laughs> and then they normally have um, a, a number of kind of biggish blokes dressed in in ladies' clothes in drag, okay. who are the who are the dames and it and it's basically a it's basically a comedy and um there's lots of audience participation so for instance you know someone will say um you know a baddie will come on stage and the audience will go he's behind you and the person (laughs) at the front of the stage will go where and and they won't be able to find them but it's it's just a bit of fun at christmas uh fun for all the family um i'm sure if you go onto youtube you'll find various examples but um it's it's quite kitsch and uh just just a lot of fun it sounds exactly like something i would love so i love that you actually did top the first two how did you do that Uh, it's a lot it's a lot of fun and you'd be welcome to come um okay so how about if we tell people um where they can find you if they'd like to learn more about qigong and your business sure yeah Uh, my website is uh https um uh, Shaolin, S-H-A-O-L-I-N, Qigong, Q-I-G-O-N-G, Hampshire, H-A-M-P-S-H-I-R-E, dot U-K. So Shaolin, Qigong, Hampshire, dot U-K. Okay. It doesn't really roll off the tongue. I just want to say that, but that's okay. Well, this has been awesome. You know, even for, I have to tell you, even though this is our third time around on this conversation, um, I, it's really evolved. I mean, the things that you were saying today, I'm so excited about them. And so I hope listeners will take the chance to give you a shout and learn more about it. Well, thanks so much for having me on the, on the show, Jane. It's been a pleasure. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Well, it was wonderful recording with Matthew for yes, the third time around. And I have to tell you, I've known him for about five years and he is the real deal. As long as I've known him, he has continued to make like learning the things about qigong and other energy work and healing part of his main focus and you can really see the work that he does is changing people's lives so if you get a chance i would highly recommend reaching out to him 
and um, doing a session with him. Meanwhile, I continue to practice um, smiling from my heart. Like if you take a minute and just do that, you can feel the shift in your energy and in that moment and maybe in the day and maybe in everything. So take the time and check it out. And thanks for listening again today. And if you have any feedback or ideas or thoughts on your Qigong experience, share them with me as well. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. So are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.